Fantasy Focus Football. It is Thursday, December 14th. My name is Daniel Dopp, joined by Field Yates and Tyler Fulgham. Yeah, baby. That's right. Hey, Fantasy Focus Football is presented by Geico. Insurance can be hard. That's why Geico makes it easy with 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info in the app. It is easy to Geico. Tyler, I am pumped to have you here. I have never done a Fantasy Focus with you. This is a maiden voyage for the two of us. Of course, I've been with Field the last couple of weeks here, so I'm excited, Dop, to uh, finally have you on board and complete the Troika here. I think yes. this yeah. is a Fantasy Football Troika, and I have to ask this question. Please do. After now hearing that intro for the third time is that you dop singing that tune it, it is sounds not. like it could be you. that is not i appreciate okay. that thank you very much no you are very Fantasy. musically inclined though right i try yes. to do i try to do a few things yeah <laughs> Feel we got to get a, i think we got to get a band together in the off season you totally know what I mean? yeah I, I have no contribution to this band but i will I don't, i'll be your guy's manager how about that <laughs> hey that works for me by the way tyler how do you feel about the fact that you've been on this show more recently than daniel and i have that's yeah. true. I mean, it's true i mean truly like the audience is probably like you know those those two joke search can you just take a take a step aside here listen i since moving from vegas i literally have nothing else to do yeah. but yeah. work and go back to the hotel while i wait for my place so this is just a, a born out of necessity. That's I don't want to be bored at the hotel, <laughs> yes. so I'm signing up for everything around here. I, uh, as somebody who spent many a night in a hotel in Connecticut for oh, about yeah. a decade, I can tell you that um, <laughs> yep. this time of the year, the offerings are rather slim. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. unless you're into like out like skating mm-hmm. on ice. Mm-hmm. Are you much of a skater? No, probably not. I, okay. I played ice hockey one year. Do you like outdoor, youth? cold outdoor activities? Mm. That's not your thing. Everybody <laughs> has that sport that they played for one year, and there's a story why you stopped playing that mm-hmm. sport after one year. So for you, it was one year of organized hockey? Uh, one year of organized ice hockey. Then I pivoted to roller hockey because rollerblading was uh, much cooler than ice skating back in the mid-90s. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're from St. Louis. Yeah, Maybe right. was it was a regional thing. I don't know. It, it, yeah, and there was. There, I grew up in like suburbia. There was not There was right. a few ponds gotcha. around. But you had to like, it just was much easier to go on the street with yeah. rollerblades than find mm. a sheet of ice. Right, so I'm from Massachusetts mm-hmm. where like the, the one sport where like our per capita, like is, is higher than any other state in the country is, is hockey, right? Like mm-hmm. the number of professional hockey players that you know that are like stars from Massachusetts is, is significant, right? Yeah. Like Jack Eichel amongst many others that are just like absolute stars. That's young, old, you name it. Um, so hockey for me was like, if you didn't play it, it was mm-hmm. something was wrong with you. Roller hockey, I think is probably pretty fun. I can't say that I ever played it. Daniel, did you have oh, a sport yes. that you tried for one year and Dude, then like, uh. I absolutely, we, I played a ton of hockey. I like, I grew You're up from Michigan. So that's also USA. Baby. Yes, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. town actually had an, outdoor rink that in the summer had just perfectly smooth cement with big nets so that you can come out and play in the summer. Yep. And then in the winter, they just flood it with water and then we can play ice hockey in it because, Great. you know, yeah. we grew up in Michigan and so that's part of what we did. That's what know? we do. That's yeah. right. Uh, I'm pr- I think um, Matthew Kachuk, born and raised in St. Louis. That's right. Because his, his dad played, played there. there. So, uh, you know, I actually heard a story that uh, I got a buddy who, who, uh, who, who plays for the St. Louis Blues now. And he was telling me that I think like Matthew oh, Kachuk's hold on, place. Hold on. Oh, sorry, uh, mic drop. Yeah, my bad. I'll get that for you. <laughs> name dropping. Uh, who uh, I didn't actually name him though. Uh, Kevin Hayes is a great guy. Um, he, uh, I think he told me that like basically Kachuk owns a place in St. Louis and just like 
rents it out this to guys who just like who, who either come and go with the blues. Cause it's like, you're always going to have someone interested yep. because there's going to be somebody coming and somebody going to St. Louis. That's enough hockey talk here for the fantasy focus <laughs> football yeah. podcast. More hockey talk. We've had Greg all Wyshynski year. will this be on the right. hockey oh, fantasy yeah. focus <laughs> for all you yeah. hockey players out there. Yeah. Love yeah. Wyshynski puck daddy. Love as Greg. You know. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's dive in. We got a Thursday night football preview as well as a week 15 preview part one. We're going to dive into some of the lesser exciting games yeah. and some of the topics that we have. But let's start with Thursday Night Football. This one will probably be hopefully pretty quick. Not a lot the of game names. game or this preview? <laughs> the preview. Is a way to preview. speed up the game tonight? <laughs> yeah. Let's start with this one. Injuries are, is a huge part in this one, right. unfortunately. Story, you look at yeah. the Chargers. Keenan Allen is out for this one with that heel injury Ugh. that we talked about earlier in the week, which means Fields Yates. When we're looking at wide receivers, we're looking at Quinton Johnston, Joshua Palmer, how are you looking at, at any of these wide receivers? Would anybody be a starter for you here on Thursday Night Football from the Chargers? No, I have no Chargers wide receiver inside my top 40, which even in deep leagues, like wide receiver 41 is not going to be a starter. Yep. I've got Palmer down at wide receiver 43. So the reasons being, of course, that this is a player who's coming off of an injury and his head coach has already said won't play his full allotment of snaps. Moreover, Easton Stick, beyond that, the Raiders defense has been good over the past couple of months mm -hmm. here. They have been legitimately impressive, as was the case this past Sunday when they allowed three total points and still lost. Now, because of the fact that when you don't have a player playing his full allotment of snaps, you tend to gravitate towards playing him when he is actually going to be running routes and potentially the top target. I think there's a chance that Josh Palmer has five to eight targets tonight. Mm -hmm. Good enough to be wide receiver 43 for me, though, Tyler. Ugh. Yeah, this, I know Daniel's grunts. Is, it just even if he does get that, it feels like this entire offense is just going to be operating with the lower ceiling because you're going to have Easton. He could stick turn that into center. four for thirty-seven, right? I'm glad you mentioned that ceiling for this offense here, Dot. From a betting and mathematical perspective, the team total for the L.A. Chargers. Let uh -oh. me look. Fifteen and a half. Ugh. So it would be this team would be exceeding expectation essentially if they score. More than a touchdown and a couple of field goals. Yeah. You know, wow. like that that is what wow. you're looking at as the baseline, as the highest probability outcome for this team. And then you couple in the matchup yep. with the Raiders playing much better um defense. You couple in the fact that the Raiders, even if Josh Jacobs is in or out, Antonio Pierce is very committed to running the football, shortening the game, and limiting play volume. That's bad for everyone inside that stadium when it comes mm. to a fantasy perspective. I think one player has some opportunity to pop off. We'll get to that in a second. But as far as the Chargers whole offense is concerned, Getting involved with that wide receiver core without Justin Herbert scares me. Yeah. Makes me nervous as well. Easton Stick, I, as I said yesterday on the show, like there have been several backup quarterbacks that have impressed me more than I expected them to in recent games. Um, I just don't know what to tell you about Easton Stick because last time, last week was the first time that we have ever seen him play snaps of consequence. He's never started a game in the NFL. Never. Wow. Wow. Well, how about when you look at this, understanding all of the things that are going on with the, this offense field, I got Austin Eckler as the only guy that I'm yeah. interested in starting tonight. For me, he is an RB2, but now that Keenan Allen has been ruled out, I'm actually going to probably move him down just a little bit. I had him at running back 12. He'll probably be more like a mid-tier or low-end RB2. He's the only guy here. If I'm a defense... I'm just going to try and stop Austin Eckler tonight. So people probably will see it one of two ways. Yep. They might say what you're saying, Dop, which mm -hmm. is like, all right, the chances of them finding the end zone have decreased without Keenan Allen. Others may say, hey, well, with no Keenan Allen, maybe Austin Eckler has 10 targets tonight. 
I've got him as RB17, which is where I was last night. Seems like Tyler tends to be on that latter argument, right? The idea that who else are you going to feed? Is that what you're, is that your calculus for Austin Eckler? I think he's appropriately ranked by you guys as a RB2, but he has RB1 weak winning upside if in PPR leagues in PPR leagues, because I think he could catch seven, eight balls in this game because Easton sick is also someone who's not going to push the ball vertically. He's going to look for the short intermediate routes that Eckler's going to be running. I thought Eckler looked as spry and as explosive last week when he counted for a hundred yards and a touchdown on 15 um, touches than he has in multiple weeks dealing with that ankle injury. So this is another game indoor on turf. If he is progressing even further, 20 plus touches is a reasonable expectation if everything goes right for Austin Eckler. How about so so I, I, Tyler said a few moments ago there's a player that I think ha, he thinks has a chance to have like a big night tonight. That's him. That's oh, got to be Austin. Oh, it's, it's, it's okay. Okay. Yeah, it's got to be Okay, gotcha. I didn't yeah. know if you were teasing no, no, somebody Eckler. else no, that was Eckler. like a little more under the radar. That's the only okay, only one it. I see like he can win you this week okay. top if he gets those 20. So that's to, the one. I'm pretty sure that Tyler was in on Cameron Dicker as the guy that he was talking about. Actually, a defense could do something. We saw the Raiders basically pitch out last Yeah, they did. Yeah, that Vikings Raiders game. One that will be forever remembered for all the wrong reasons. Let's talk about the Raiders with this one. Another backup quarterback going to be under center here, Aiden O'Connell. Obviously, the big story for me, Field Jates, we heard on Good Morning Football this morning. Sounds like Josh Jacobs looking like he's going to be doubtful to play. I know he's got the questionable tag, but it does not sound good if you're a Josh Jacobs manager. In case he does roll, Field, yep. I want to know how you are approaching him. And then if he doesn't roll, I want to talk about how we're going to look at those backup running backs. I'll keep it simpler. If he plays, you're playing him. Yeah. Right? He is still the NFL, or he may not be any more pulse, but he was very recently the NFL's leader in carries uh, because he got banged up recently. Maybe he has lost that crown to somebody else, but the workload's still insane for Josh Jacobs, even though the efficiency in the touchdowns is way down. If he plays, you play him. If he does not play, I expect Zamir White to be the starting running back for the Las Vegas Raiders tonight. But there are still some question marks there. Will it be Zamir White taking on a full Josh Jacobs plate of work? Or will there be some Amir Abdullah, perhaps some Brandon Bolden mixed in there tonight for the Las Vegas Raiders? Which is why, assuming that Josh Jacobs does not play, I would have Zamir White ranked closer to like running back 20 as opposed to like running back 8 or 9. Yeah. yeah, my my concern is that Josh Jacobs, when he is in there, he has a three-down goal line role. Mm. If he is not in there, I don't think Antonio Pierce just says, next up, take that role. Mm. I think he splits it. Divide I think, and conquer. Exactly. I yeah. think Zamir White is the two-down grinder, and then Bolden slash Abdullah get in where they fit in on third downs and maybe even two-minute or third and long or even goal line situation. So if it's not Josh Jacobs, again, little intrigues me about the Raiders offense. Yeah, Zamir White, I'm sorry, Josh Jacobs, by the way, does still lead the NFL in carries so that? far this season. So we thought this, that was one of the big questions, Would was how much was he going to handle this year after this unbelievable workload last year? And it, the answer is pretty much the same thing, just a lot less efficient and very few touchdowns so far for Double J. Josh Jacobs has 18 goal to go carries this year. Oh, There's God. only one other running back that has one, and it's Zamir White. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, it's. I mean, Josh Jacobs is the guy when you get into that part of the field. And so, a lot of questions, Tyler, like you're yeah. saying, how are we going to be able to divide this backfield to know what it is that they're going to do tonight? One of the clearer pictures, I guess you could say, would be these pass catchers because you still have Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers. It hasn't been smooth sailing for you, Field, but at least you know that you've got these two guys. How are you approaching them this week against the Chargers? Let's put the numbers to it because with Devontae Adams, I could sit here and just tell you what I'm going to tell you, which is that I'm going to continue to play Devontae Adams because he is Devontae 
bleeping Adams. <laughs> Let me tell you why I think he might be due. Over the last seven games, Devontae Adams has at least seven targets in all of them. He has 10 targets in four of those seven games. However, he has no more than 86 receiving yards in those seven games and just one total touchdown. Mm. A player of that caliber Yikes. just feels due at some point, and there would be no better time than the first round of the fantasy playoffs for Devontae Adams to have a 20-plus point game, yeah. Tyler. He is questionable because of an illness. The general sense I got last night was that Devontae would still give it a go, and we've been talking narratives recently on this show, and I think those are more important at this juncture of the year because what's ahead is so much clearer than it is in weeks two, three, four, five, et cetera, early in the year. Yes, the Raiders are playing for basically nothing more than pride, and some would say, why not just lose out and get a better draft pick? You've got a head coach and a GM who are auditioning for the job, mm-hmm. and Max Crosby, one of the leaders of the team, probably along with Devontae Adams, said yesterday, Daniel, we're not giving up a thing. We are going to play Maximum effort, 100%. Give it a go. So I think Devontae is motivated to be out there tonight. I want to ask you a question about this. Is not the fantasy thing, but like, is this a situation? Not everybody that comes in as a coach yeah. is like truly interviewing for the job next right. year. Is this one of those situations where Antonio Pierce mm. has a shot and we're really looking at how is he coaching this team for the next handful of weeks going into next season? Definitely. And I, I don't the, the hard part is that I feel like he's kind of handcuffed because the roster is what it is. Mm-hmm. And you've got a serious quarterback problem. And the team cannot play Jimmy Garoppolo because what they would risk is Jimmy gets hurt and then there is money in his contract in 2024 that is guaranteed only if Jimmy is yeah. injured. Yeah. So you have to protect against the injury for Jimmy Garoppolo. And while he's not perfect, he's far from it. He's better than Aiden O'Connell. Yes. Like Aiden O'Connell, nice story, sort of fourth round pick, probably destined to be a career backup. Um, but it's clear that right now, part of the reason why they've struggled so much offensively is they took a big downgrading quarterback play. So I've got Devontae in. I'm in on Devontae tonight. I see him very similarly to Austin Eckler. He is a top five RB wide receiver one by name Mm. and what we've seen. But his situation for this game drops him into what is realistically slotted as a wide receiver two evaluation. Now, I agree. I think he can pop off. This We know people have scored plenty of fantasy points against this Charger defense. They have. So that is a, that's a check in the plus side for um, Devontae Adams. But Aiden O'Connell is not going to access the ceiling that Jimmy Garoppolo would. My concern for these pass catchers is twofold, not just the quarterback, but now the quarterback is dealing with a decimated offensive line. Colton Miller and Andre James are out for this as two stars, your center and your left tackle. Important in running an offense. The person who touches the ball in every single snap and the person who protects your blind side. So if Khalil Mack has a advantageous matchup. Perhaps he makes life difficult for Aiden O'Connell, and O'Connell doesn't even have time to get to Devontae Adams, even if Adams is winning those routes. But it is Devontae Adams. It's against the Chargers. And if those backup linemen protect, perhaps you could have that 20-point game you need. I would love that. I would love that 20-point game so much. (laughs) That would be fantastic. I have Jacoby Myers, by the way, as wide receiver 42. For Myers, uh, I think the thing with him is that more so than Devonte, even he is touchdown dependent over the last six games. He has 23 total targets. Mm. He has no more than 79 yards in any of those six games. He has one touchdown in those six games uh, through the air. He did have one rushing touchdown as well. So while he's been a bit busy over the past three, it just seems very clear to me that the Raiders are motivated. And this has been an Antonio Pierce thing is they're motivated to feed Devonte Adams yeah, in the passing game. 
Last thing, but only thing that I will say, and this is, um, listen, I'm sure the uh, Raiders are listening closely to this show <laughs> hours before their game tonight, <laughs> is that one thing that I've noticed with Devontae Adams has been they've started really hot with Devontae and then slowed down yeah. in the second half. Yep. The script seems to work well for the Raiders in the first half. They got to find a way to overcome the defensive adjustments at halftime and keep a more balanced effort. That's the path for Devontae to get to 20 points tonight. When I look at Devontae Adams, these are just some notes to share. In 2020, he had nine games with 20 or more fantasy points. Ooh, it's going to hurt me. In 2021, <laughs> he had seven games yeah. with 20 or more fantasy points. In 2022, he also had seven games with 20 mm. or more fantasy points. He's got three so far this year. I, that's actually surprising. I would have guessed. Would have guessed I would have guessed the under. Than I would have guessed the under two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I would have guessed um, under two and a half. No he doubt had that, about that one 40-point game against Pittsburgh earlier in the year. That feels like such a distant member. There's no chance that was actually this season, <laughs> even though it was literally this season. Feel you are literally the guy to be able to speak fantasy players into existence. We've done it with Evan Engram. You did it earlier this year with Deontay Johnson. I think this is the game. Week 15, fantasy playoffs. Make it happen with Devontae Adams. I feel like Adams. DK kind of got spoken to existence oh, in that game bit. against the yeah. Cowboys yeah, we, as well. We did, we, 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 that one was like, as we, as we said after the fact, we were like, you know, that that's like an easy, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. play a really good player. Um, you know, with Devontae, what I am confident in is this. Assuming he gives it a go, is that... While there are many on the outside, as I stated, that are saying, just give up the fight. Who gives a crap? Play Trey Tucker and, you know, backup wide receivers. I think Devontae has way too much professional pride. Like he has been, I think there is a part of Devontae Adams that every week wants to prove that he is still one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being a reductive idiot, which I've been called a lot worse. So if you feel that way about (laughs) me, that's okay. But. Devontae Adams, I do think, will be available tonight, and I am optimistic he can have a solid outing. Let's pick this game, Field Yates. I'm a little nervous, Daniel, because I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I had a good pick last week. Yeah. They took the Patriots yep. straight up against the Steelers. Uh, oh, when, you know, nice. They were a dog, and not a lot of reasons to believe in them, so I'm worried about the, the streak coming to an end. I will take, though, the Las Vegas Raiders. All right, we're on opposite sides there. I, I like this is a low-scoring game. I'm gonna yeah. take the underdog. I'm gonna take the Chargers. My concern is that offensive line, the potential absence of Josh Jacobs, and I, I'm gonna continue to be hurt by the Chargers. They just happens, continue right? to hurt me. I'm never. It's it's like that the the stove that I keep touching and burning, but never learning. I keep betting on the Chargers because on paper they're so much better. But can you say that line one more time? On or? paper, no, no, no the uh, the. Churning, burning, learning. What? <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. Churning, burning. I'm, I'm not learning anything when I put my hand on that. That's chair. right. That's yeah. right. Learning, burning. Daniel, who do you got? Break I like. The, I like that Tyler uh, was able to channel his inner <laughs> Mike Clay like tie. in this one. Oh, that would have been whoa, good. Because Tyler, I don't channel any Mike Clay around here. Yeah. Mike, be- Mike Clay has been in on the Chargers for the last like five years. They're off to a terrible start, and that mm-hmm. won't change his mind. We have mm-hmm. a song where that's like written <laughs> into it. I'm also going to take the Chargers though in this okay. one. Oh, I like Austin yeah. Eckler. I'm going to go that direction. Field, last question, and then we can move on about this. Uh, Hunter Renfro, does his contract come off the books this year? It does not. He's got one more year left one after more year. this, okay. which it's it's quite cuttable if the Raiders decide to go that path. But it's um, one of the more confusing things for me with how good he looked two years ago. And it's dude, just, I mean, that whole offseason starts to look a lot more curious now when you look at some of the money they shelved out yep. and players that are either no longer there in the case of Darren Waller. Or just not playing. Jones, or just not playing that well. Yeah. So it's a, a curious, curious few years in Las Vegas. All right, we're going to talk about our Week 15 preview, Part One. But first, are you overwhelmed by insurance field? 
I am, Daniel, if I could find the right page You don't here. even need to. Okay, I can good. help make it easy for you. Thank get you. all your insurance in one place with GEICO. Plus, get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access with the award-winning GEICO mobile app. See how easy insurance can be. Go to GEICO.com. All right. Heading into Great week 15, by, by the way. Thank you, guys. Oh, wow, this is so nice. <laughs> Usually Mike's in that chair. We're making fun of him. Just so that everyone knows, we do, in fact, love Mike Clay for all the Mike's crap the that goat. we give to Mike. We love Mike. Tyler yes. doesn't like Mike. He did not chime in on that, but you right. and I feel I we actually Noticeably like quiet over there, yes. Mr. Fulgham. <laughs> I have no comments, and nothing should be made of my lack of comments. That's so good. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into our Week 15 matchup field. First and foremost, this is playoffs. Yeah. Right? They're at our doorstep. We're trying to figure out how we move on, not just this week. Now every single game matters. So given that, when you look at this, if you have a bye yep. here in this first week, mm-hmm. How are you approaching this week? Are you going out on waivers to try and grab someone? Are you trying to block people as a party? Like, what is it that you change about your approach now that you've made the playoffs? First of all, drinking several Miller Lights in mm. celebration of getting that by. Obviously, I feel good about yep. that. And thanks to Miller Light for being a great partner of this program. Uh, but yes, Daniel, what I am doing is I am playing either defense or I am playing look ahead waiver additions this week. It's okay. who has a great matchup in week 15 specific to my defense. It's, hey, does my quarterback have a terrible matchup in, I'm sorry, week 16? Yes. Does my quarterback have a terrible week 16 matchup maybe i need to provide a backup how about this if i have a back who is either fully healthy whether he's fully healthy or uncertain right now am i grabbing his backup just in case right like did you grab zamir white off of waivers are you grabbing chris rodriguez slash antonio gibson in washington are you grabbing players like rico dowdle if you have tony pollard do all of those things to have the just in case cards to play because this weekend, nothing that happens is going to impact your livelihood for next right. week. You are going to be in the mix. Do as much as you can to plan ahead and then enjoy the weekend as well. Have some fun. Kick back. Relax. I'll say this. Field Jades, a couple guys that we talked about earlier this week. Some insurance backs that yeah. we think need to be on the end of rosters. Keaton Mitchell still available in 65% of Ooh. leagues. Good one. Yep. Tajay Spears still available uh, in 60% of that leagues. That one should be higher. Like, so there are some guys out totally. there that have total, they, there is a path to potential playing time. And when you're looking at the back half of your roster, guys like, and I hate to say this, but like guys like Dalvin Cook and those lower end running backs, like you don't, don't need, need them anymore. Don't need them. Yep. Cut them, add these guys. This is who you're looking for. I love playing defense field. When I get into the fantasy playoffs, that's one of the things is being able to figure out not just what I need, but what does the person I'm playing against need? And yeah. let's see if I can make sure that I find a way to stop someone from getting even stronger in the fantasy playoffs. Anything from you? This is all great advice. I think maybe the biggest edge that can be found for you at this point in the season is understanding injuries to offensive line and defense that will affect either the efficiency of your player on said offense in a negative way. And if it's an injury on defense, affect the efficiency of that player in a positive way. So understanding right now that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have literally lost the spine of their entire defense, Vita Vea, Devin White, the cornerback issues that has made them a much softer defense for everyone involved, especially quarterbacks and running backs. Um, And then understanding, like for instance, if you, if Josh Jacobs, let's say he was playing tonight, but you're missing your left tackle and your center, Mm. you're going to start Josh Jacobs. But hypothetically, if you have a guy who's in a flex spot 
and his offensive line is missing two or three pieces, what are the chances that the backups are going to maintain the efficiency you expect? Right. So understand those injuries that are not to the skill players we're putting in our lineups, but to the other pieces that affect all 22 on the field, specifically O-line and defenses. So if you guys have questions specific to offensive line, by the way, tweet at Damian Woody. That's he'll right. Give you the answer. No, Damian, right. of course, the big fella, loves his offensive line play. All right, let's dive in and talk about a handful of topics here then, let's guys. Let's do it. Justin Fields has been pretty good recently. Last couple of weeks, he did have a 10-point game in there, but he has looked much better since returning from Byfield. When you look at him this week, though, he crushed my Lions last week. He now did. he gets the Cleveland Browns. How are you approaching Justin Fields? Is he a top 10 quarterback for you in week 15? He is. So on paper, you say to yourself, a quarterback facing the Browns is bad news, right? But let's dive a little bit deeper. Here is Justin Fields over the past five games in terms of carries, 12, 12, 18, 8, and 11. So at least 8 and up to 18 in each of those five games. That's a high floor. In terms of rushing yards, yep, 58, 59, 104, wow. 46, and 57. So over the past five games, purely off of rushing yard production, mm-hmm. he basically has given you a five-point buffer over quarterbacks that do not run the ball at all, like a Tua Tungavailoa, Matthew Stafford, Jared yep. Goff, guys of that nature, right? Then you play the Browns, and you're thinking to yourself, well, stay away from them. The, the secrets, well not, it's not it's actually not the secret sauce at all. <laughs> the very obvious sauce of the Browns is they're just so good in pass defense and they rush the heck right. out of the passer. So the Browns have actually allowed five rushing touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks this season, second most or one shy of the most in the NFL. So I've got Justin Fields on the strength of his legs as a top 10 fantasy quarterback, specifically quarterback nine this week in a game that may be low scoring, Tyler. Yeah but not low scoring enough to prevent Fields from getting to 18 or 20 fantasy points. Very, very fair there. Fields is obviously dynamic that he can win you a week in any matchup on his own via the strength of his legs. It is not a great matchup yeah. because it, despite the um, ability or the rushing potential that he might have, the pass rush and the pass secondary okay. of the Cleveland Browns, elite. They are very, very good. Third in the NFL in pass rush win rate. So, And we know Justin Fields takes sacks. I, I I think if you're a Fields owner right now and you're considering so let, let's do this workshop with the three minds here. Let's do it. Yep. Justin Fields or an opportunity to start Matthew Stafford off the waiver wire mm. this week because Stafford is of course giving you nothing on the ground. Yep. But is there anybody who's hotter right now? Ten touchdowns in his last three games. And is there a better matchup than in a domed environment against the Washington Commanders defense? I so I think this is a real life scenario that fantasy owners out there, fantasy managers could be facing. With Justin Fields has gotten me here. Matthew Stafford's available. What do question. I do to win this game? So I have Fields as quarterback nine. Okay. Stafford is quarterback. Eight. Okay. So how about that? And Dave, uh, I have it swapped. Okay. So you would take, I would Fields still take Justin Stafford. Fields over Stafford, but I have Stafford. And we had this conversation yesterday, Tyler. We talked about Matthew Stafford or a bunch of different quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes being one of them because of everything that you just lined up. But that is it. I have, I would take Justin Fields over okay. Matthew Stafford in this one, but this is a very close one. Back this is my favorite part about the fantasy playoffs is Tyler sort of illuminate and Tyler is not merely just a fan. Obviously you have a, you have tons of knowledge and, and you know, you have plenty of expertise in this area, but I have found that some of the most relatable conversations this week have been around exactly these kind of decisions. Yep. Right. I mean, talking about with, with colleagues, with friends, with family who are just like, I don't know what to do. Right. And it's not when they're like debating between like, am I starting Jackson Smith and Jigba or George Pickens this week? Right. No, it's like, Hey, am I benching my first round pick from this year? That's the kind of conversations that are taking place. Yep. I do hope there's a way that we can 
edit some video from about 90 seconds or so ago when Tyler said Fields is so dynamic and can provide you with yeah. winning upside. <laughs> we just chop the chop S, the S off. For a second, I was like, Not that's such plural. a nice thing for yeah. Tyler to say about me. All of me. a sudden, like, my I, mic goes Yeah, it's weird. Goes out. I don't know if we can manipulate that. I saw, and I, I think I'm taking off my soul and royal blue colored glasses. I think Stafford, as crazy as it is to say, clearly the inferior fantasy football player, yep. su- superior football player fantasy-wise, is Justin Fields. But okay. this week, I think I would take Stafford for that floor ceiling combination. I think you have a lower floor with Justin Fields, as crazy as it is to say, even yeah. with that um, rushing equity. Did you say the soul? Are, so the Rams colors soul are soul and royal bone. blue. What else? They they the bone, the, it's like a, I think a royal blue. I think it's just royal blue, that soul, was and yeah. bone. Bone. Okay. Why not? What um, is soul. What Last note here. Yellow. That's the color of the sun. Like that's ah. sun in Spanish. I believe. Oh, S O L. S O L. Not S O U L. Got it. Not S O L E. Not S O U L. S O L. Sol. Um. By the way, great note. I mean, all-time good note here from uh, Kevin Pulsifer. I mentioned the five rushing touchdowns allowed by the uh, Browns this season. All five read option plays by the quarterback in the red zone. So... If you're out there listening oh, right I now, see ya. Bears fans, okay. run read option in the red zone with Justin Fields. Fields, you want to do a uh, you want to do a thing here, or do you you're not that far apart on Stafford and Justin, Justin Fields? Fields? I mean, I've got them one yep. spot apart, so I would be happy to be a part of the board bet. It feels like you and Tyler have more. Um, I got fiction. You've got stronger takes on this yeah. one. Than I got I Justin Fields at seven. I have Matthew Stafford at ten. So okay. if you want to, Tyler, have you ever done a board like bet a on board fantasy football? I have it's your not. first one. All right, yeah, my first one. Board All right. Bet. Right. What did I just Great. walk myself yes. into? All right, now I'm going to say a thing, and then you're going to say your thing, but basically repeating it like the same way that I did. Okay, okay? this is how it works. I say Justin Fields scores more fantasy points in Week 15 than Matthew Stafford. I say. Matthew Stafford scores more points in week 15 than Justin Fields. And now at the same time, we look deeply into each, other, each other's eyes and we say, put it on the board, okay? Three, two, one. Put, put it, it on, on the board. board. Okay. Over here. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. That was still pretty good though, Tyler. Put it on the board. That was not bad for the first board bet. I'll take that. I'll I'm take excited. That. I think we've had I needed, like, a, I needed a stage director in here to be like, camera one, camera one, look over here, look over here. Soon enough, there'll be an AI bot that'll just be, hey, <laughs> that's right, yeah. a robot just telling you where to go. Hey, it's not just Justin Fields. Let's talk about Field. Jake Browning, Jake Browning, excuse me. <clears throat> Jake Browning is, in fact, the guy we want to talk about. He's been great the last two weeks, over 23 fantasy points in back-to-back weeks. He has looked fantastic filling in for Joe Burrow. Now he gets the Minnesota Vikings. And, Field, Minnesota has actually been pretty good against quarterbacks recently. This is how I evaluate Jake Browning's potential for this weekend. How much do you fear Brian Flores? Brian Flores, the defensive yeah, coordinator yeah. for the Minnesota Vikings, who, as we know, is unafraid to dial up pressure mm. about as much as any defensive coordinator in the entire NFL. He flummoxed the Raiders last weekend. He flummoxed Justin Fields on Monday Night Football in a game that the Bears ended up winning, of course. But remember mm-hmm. that game? It was like Fields was throwing every pass at or near the line of It was of horizontal. Scrimmage. It was yes. the horizontal, horizontal raid. Right? Yeah. <laughs> However, that has kind of been what Cincinnati has done. Jake Browning somehow has a yards per attempt of like nine over the past two and a half, three games. And yet his air yards per attempt is dead last amongst qualifying quarterbacks. So what does that tell you? Even if he throws it short, aliens like Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Joe Mixon are so good after the catch that they can do major damage. Will Brian Flores keep up what he has done over the past few weeks and just pressure them and say, go ahead, you want to win with that stuff? Try it. Because... 
I think there's a chance that Minnesota says, if that's what you want to do, good luck against us. Over the past six games, opposing quarterbacks are averaging 13.0 fantasy points per game against the Vikings. That's the fifth best in the NFL in that stretch. Um, a couple of things. One, Dop, did you say Jake Browning because you thought it was a different name and then realized you said the name oh, right? No, it's, it's exactly, literally exactly <laughs> what happened. I was like, no, I was like Browning was not his last it's name. Not, no, it was. I, I caught that. I caught yes. that there. Um, That's and then, how many backup quarterbacks <laughs> we've had yes. in the NFL nowadays. I, I get it. I've done it many a times in this profession. As far as Brian Flores is concerned, Guys, I mean this in the most endearing way possible. He is the six-year-old on Madden who does engage eight for every yes. single defensive play. <laughs> and he will not stop. He will yeah. go down either. Yeah. He will sink on that ship, yeah. sending six, seven guys at every opposing quarterback. So Jake, he's a madman. Yeah. Jake Browning, I think, has a better opportunity in the system the Bengals are running to have success versus this defense than previous quarterbacks because you know what has gotten going for the Bengals as of late? And you illustrated it with the short A dot, but long yards. The screen game, screen game in yeah. Cincinnati is crushing right now. Joe Mixon, Chase Brown, second fastest next-gen uh, sprint speed of the season Saw for that. that rookie out of Illinois. Uh, T. Higgins and, of course, Jamar Chase. So if Jake Browning and... Zach Taylor are able to dial up the screen at the right time against a blitz. That's the way you beat a blitz. When they're sinning, get it out, blockers in front, and go have your playmakers make plays. So yeah. I am still on the Jake Browning train. Okay. I think you could do a lot worse than having to start Jake Browning in week 15 this week and your fantasy playoff. There, there are better options, sure. but if you're stuck with nothing else, you can start him, I think, with some confidence because the game's at home, and this offense, I think, has the recipe to score points and move the ball efficiently against Brian Flores. I've got him as quarterback 21, so I'm less optimistic. Okay. But to right. your point about the screen game, Kevin Pulsiver notes in his great article that you should be reading every single week on ESPN.com, Joe Mixon over the past three weeks alone has nine screen play targets. Nine in three games. So uh, if you like uh, if you like him in the receiving game, you should feel confident in Joe Mixon on Saturday. Absolutely. Three games on Saturday this weekend. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun, right? It'll be really cool to be able to have a handful of like another lazy Saturday. There, college football. My, my on wife Saturday. is so excited that I get to spend all day. She's so thrilled about I'll, that. I'll bet yeah. she is. Yeah. Uh, let's dive in and talk about Odell Beckham Jr. Mm, yeah, are, baby. Are we at the He's point back. where we're back? I, I mean, is He's he back? back, Tyler? Are you back, back. in on OBJ Absolutely. being the guy? I, I think Odell Beckham Jr. Right now is think about the 2023 fantasy playoffs. You are going to be relying on Odell Beckham Jr. and Ezekiel Elliott with confidence. Yes, I love it. In 2020, the year of our Lord, 2023, OBJ and Zeke are difference makers in the playoffs. I'm going to read you some stats here about Odell Beckham as far as the opportunity he's getting with his Baltimore Ravens, a good team with a good quarterback. The last five weeks, 30% targets per route run leads the team. 31% air yard share leads the team. 40% end zone target share yep. leads the team. Love it. And I'll let you guys guess where this ranks as far as the team is concerned. 13.6 PPR points per game. I'm going to go with leads the team. Leads Bingo. the team. Among wide receivers, at least, of course. He's yeah. literally been the best. And Zay Flowers has been great. Isaiah Likely, we can talk about him. But Odell Beckham, he may not be out there as much as we want. But yeah. when he is out there, he is being used and he is efficient. Yeah. 10, 5, 7, 2, and 7 targets over the past five games. So there was that one two target game you don't love in there. But... OBJ has a 40-plus yard catch in three of his past five games. The explosion Woo-hoo. is back. Three three touchdowns in those past five games as well. So I've got OBJ creeping up the ranking steadily week by week by week. Jaguars are a good matchup as well, right? Because obviously they've been terrible defensively mm-hmm. against 
not great quarterbacks. Jake Browning led him to 34 (laughs) points two weeks ago. Joe Flacco, 31 last week. Each of those players threw three touchdowns against the Jaguars. So a good day on Sunday night, potentially, for Lamar and OBJ. And I guess to a degree, Isaiah, likely as well. I mean, likely over the past two games, it's 13 targets, nine catches. And we know Lamar Jackson loves his tight ends. I've got him as tight end 11. So he's right there on that borderline of being a starter. If you would love Mark Andrews right now, and everyone would, then you should love Isaiah Likely. Because this is he has just been supplanted one for one. And we can argue about who's better or who's more athletic, whatever, it doesn't matter. Every opportunity that Mark Andrews would have gotten in this situation is now going to Isaiah Likely. So bank on that. And I think Likely is a very good tight end. I like Isaiah Likely as well. I think we've lowered his floor just a little bit and he obviously doesn't have the ceiling that Mark Andrews has mm-hmm. within this offense but still somebody especially given the tight end position we yeah, talk about right, that a bunch right. you're looking if you can tell me a guy's going to get seven targets this week I'm going to be pretty usually pretty okay with that yep when we move ahead let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons field we watch Drake London Drake London 10 for 172 <laughs> yeah, on baby. 11 targets for 29.2 fantasy points it was his best game of the season it so, was unreal. Now he takes on the Carolina Panthers. Yep. And the one thing that we know about this Panthers defense field is what? That they cannot stop the run. So teams so just run just the crap run against out of it. Them and they and don't throw as well. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Drake London had exactly zero catches against this Carolina Panthers team all the way back in week one, in part because they just ran the crap out of the ball. I was trying to think of the appropriate way to describe how much confidence you should or should not have in Drake London. And I thought that calling it a coin flip would actually infer too much confidence because there are some people that view a coin flip as I've got a 50% chance of being right. Those who maybe go to Vegas and spend some time (laughs) there at either Tyler's old compound or the casinos. Um, So I was thinking about it. It's like, what's the game that has the funky shaped die that's like got different colors on each side? Think of it this way. Screw that analogy. So, sounds like you're thinking the about the 16-sided die. About, is that the one that's like 16-sided? Looks like a hexagon. Type? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Are you talking yeah. about a one game? Dungeons and Dragons uses a bunch yeah. of different die. Like you know, you have a d20, you have a d12, a d10, a d8. I, I we're, am, going, we're going deep in it. I am there. definitely not a Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. 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 Yeah, right. I don't know a whole lot about it. Maybe I, I showed a little too much. I, 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 <laughs> no, I know. I, I just don't know much. It's just like a thing I don't know nearly enough about. I should because right, I, I have like a Magic the Gathering card set. There we go. That's right. How about that? All right. I'll boil it down simply. Just take a regular old die not some hexagonal or whatever die (laughs) and just imagine that if you were told you have to roll a two or a four how confident would you feel 40 percent confident I think no, 33, you got 33. You got six. Okay. Math. We're, we are crushing this analogy. I was told there would be no math. <laughs> That's how I feel about Drake London, yeah. right? Because yeah, it's I, like, I, of I'm course, sure you could have yeah. a monster game. He did this past week. He's an awesome, awesome football player. However, he has five games this season with 36 or fewer yards. He has two games this year with eight or fewer receiving yards. The floor for Drake London is literally two fantasy points. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like, think about what's, what's the floor for Michael Pittman Jr. right now? It seems like 15. Right. It seems like he is guaranteed seven and 80 every single day. And I don't know that if those two guys reach the free agent market right now, how much more or less money Michael Pittman Jr. would make Mm. as opposed to Drake London. They're both awesome football players are like 20, $25 million Mm -hmm. wide receivers. Mm -hmm. One of them plays at an offense that feeds him left and right. One of them plays at an offense that decides when they want to feed him very sporadically. Fight on for those two. Both get in there. Oh, right. both USC hey, guys. That's I think correct. That's correct. Had to have played together. Had to have been on the same team at some yeah. point. God, with that their was ages. Loaded, loaded um, team, yeah. I absolutely do not trust 
Drake London. Yeah. Uh, after and that's hard. Recency bias is such a difficult thing to yes. um, tackle with or yep. wrestle with. Maybe is the better way to say it. And fantasy football because if you're a, a Drake London manager, you're like, oh my god, this guy just got me 32 points. Yep. I love it. I'm putting him right back in the lineup, and I feel good. There's yeah, warm right? buzz. Yeah, yeah. That was a perfect setup for Drake London. It was against a pass funnel yep. Tampa Bay defense that I just talked about is dealing with injuries coming into a domed environment, and they have an offense with even though it didn't come to fruition before we went into it, Mike Evans and Rashad White. And Chris Godwin and Baker Mayfield, they can push you. They can make you throw the football. Yep. Is Bryce Young and Carolina going to do that? Not really. Nah, Not going to happen, Tyler. I think Arthur Smith is going to say, you know what, Bijan? You know what, Tyler Algier? Why don't you each have 20 carries in this game? Because if we get to 17 points. The best. Yeah. I agree. I'm totally with you. I'm in on this. Also, it helps, Tyler, because I remember back to Sunday morning. I was doing the DFS segment with you mm-hmm. on FF Now, and you talked about Drake London saying, if he can't get it done this yeah. week, when can he do it? So right. this was a great call by you here in week 14. Oh, he won um, me some money. Drake this- London won me some money. And I'm going to say, despite that, Drake, do the opposite this week. Yeah. You would lose me money if I bet on you this week. You would lose me money. 2019 USC receiving room included with Michael Pittman Jr. and Drake London. Michael Pittman Jr. went off for a toasty 101 catches, 1,275 receiving yards, and six touchdowns. Oh, my gosh. A young freshman, Drake London, had 39 catches for 567 yards and five touchdowns. Oh, don't forget that. Amon Ross- Ross- Brown. That's right. Ridiculous. My- this Ridiculous. Is, I, I mean, I'm looking straight at Pulse. He's literally to the left of this camera yeah. that I'm looking at. And I for, I'm... I'm mesmerized by the fact that we're getting these stats in real time. And I see the human being doing it right there. I'm just not used to this, guys. No. This is great. It's pretty Paul great. sets a very, He's, very high standard for researchers here at yeah, ESPN. Um, I need someone to send me like the most ridiculous position room in the history of college football, right? Yeah, like there was like, some good ones. Derek Henry and Alvin Kamara were teammates with when TJ Yeldon was still in the, in the NFL. It was like all three of those guys were there at the same time. Like there's been some nutty ones. If you have them, send them our I way. Love those. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're great. Nice. Um, and my Kyle Pitts thoughts are that he basically aligns with what we just talked about with Drake London. Yeah. He has Not 10 or more week. fantasy points in one of his past seven games. That one was this past weekend. So, um, there's fewer tight ends to choose from, so I still have them ranked relative, like inside my top 15. Hard for me to go much further than that with Kyle Pitts. You guys know the deal on Kyle Pitts by now. Is this, Tyler, is this your note oh that God, is Bailey bolded Jones and, is also there. and underlined here on the Kyle Pitts note, or is this someone else? That's I not me. No, 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 that's not me. Guess how many tight ends have reached at least 50 receiving yards against the Carolina Panthers this year? I'm going to go with five. Zero. <clears throat> None. Zero? So if none of them have done it, why would I think that Kyle Pitts is going to do it in week 15? Telling you, you know why, Daniel? Because Arthur Cause Smith is going to do that. And yeah. that's why. That's yeah. why it's going to happen. This no, no. is, if you have Bijan, strap in because I think, you're, I think you're ready for a great Bijan week. But week. If, if you have Ritter, if you have Pitts, if you have London, Love that. collect your winnings from last week yep. and move on happily. All right, let's move ahead and talk about the Seattle Seahawks. Field Yates. Yeah. <laughs> we've been waiting. We've seen some good rookie wide receiver play, but one of the things that we've been waiting is to see JSN kind of be unlocked within this offense. Yep. Hasn't really happened yet. He's had some nice plays. We've had we've seen some nice weeks. It's not that he's not been good, but he hasn't been the guy that I feel like confident, super confident in starting. Totally agree. Obviously, the Jake Bobo dilemma is a problem that is for a big Seattle. Part of it. You got yeah. Bobo, you want to get him touches, which yeah. they haven't done enough of recently. <laughs> Might not be a surprise that they're on a four-game losing streak <laughs> while not featuring Bobo. Uh, but JSN has been busier of late. He had 18 targets over the past two games. That part you like. The problem is he averaged 8.9 yards per catch last week. And that was his good week in terms mm-hmm. of big play explosiveness. Mm-hmm. He has been sort of relegated to this like short near the line of scrimmage. Now, maybe that's because they played San Francisco last week. You got to get the ball out quick because of that defensive line. Who do they play on Monday night? 
Philadelphia, who can't cover anybody, but that defensive line still very, very good. So I think with JSN, the idea is not looking exclusively at what he has done over the past couple of weeks. Instead, looking at this, they are playing the best matchup for passing offense this season. JSN was the 20th overall pick in the draft, and some people thought he was underdrafted by about 10 slots. This guy had over 330 receiving yards in a bowl game once. He is so, so good. He is a calculated dice roll in this matchup. I've got him as wide receiver 39, but relative to other players in that tier, he has a higher ceiling because of his talent in the matchup. And I Pulse beat me to it here because I was just about to say, talk about uh, loaded, stacked Position oh, rooms. That's the one. 2020 uh, Ohio State. JSN, Chris yep. Olave, Garrett Wilson, and Jamison Williams before he transferred to Alabama. And was Abuka there as well? Was he? Was he? Mecca Abuka. He's a senior now. Um, 2020. He, if he's been there, that yeah, they long had as a Julian Fleming there. I yeah, believe who was the number one recruit in the country. Oh. I mean, just. Is it Brian Hartline? Is he the receivers he coach? He is, there? yes. And he's doing, he's he's doing now the stuff. offensive coordinator as well. He's doing he's good stuff there. By the way, go ahead and check out First Draft Field. You guys just had a new episode that came Dude, out. Wow, what a plug. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, in case yeah. you want to, oh, I yeah. love listening to First Draft because it's one of those things that helps get me ready for next year, especially with all the oh, fantasy guys I that know. I don't know a lot. The so. problem is your team doesn't draft high anymore. Well, that's they true. They won't be right now. It's like, yeah, like, yeah. Hard true. to figure out who we're taking at 29 as opposed to, you know, a lot of years, obviously, picking with high picks, including last year because of the bonus pick from the Matthew Stafford trade. But yes, um, I think a lot of what I just said with Jackson Smith and Jigba kind of applies to these other players in the Seattle offense as well for DK. He's been great over the past three weeks. He has five touchdowns over his past three games. And of course with DK, he has a big play waiting to happen. Tyler was here two weeks ago for that Thursday night game went off. We talked about how like when you have DK, you just roll the dice, you play him and just say that the chances of him going for eight points are in play. The chances of him going for 28 points are also very much in play. And with Tyler Lockett, it's been kind of a weird game. Tyler Lockett has a weird season. I should say he has five or more targets in 12 straight games, five or more in 12 straight games. And yet he has been sort of underwhelming yeah. this season. Remember, the story on Tyra Lockett is what we talk about every year prior to this is that you just have to ride the wave. He might go for two catches one week and then 12 for 200 yards and a touchdown the following week. It has not really been that this year. Like, it's been a long time since there was a boom Tyler Lockett week. As a result, he is not inside my top 30 for wide receivers. I'm sorry, he is just at wide receiver 30 for my rankings this week. If a boom is to happen at any point in a season, this would be the time to do it. It's going to happen against these Philadelphia Eagles who make you throw the football and then don't have the requisite defenders in the secondary to defend you when you throw the football. So I I love, I think JSN is a a great flex, a great wide receiver three. I think the same can be said for Tyler Lockett, smash spot for DK Metcalf. And as far as daily fantasy, Lockett's down to $5,400. Oh, wow. That low. You want to talk about a great tournament play with that upside? There's Tyler Lockett. That's something I'm considering. But this whole entire passing attack is set up in this spot because I do think they're going to have to throw the football. I think the Eagles got done with that gauntlet portion of their schedule, and they're going to reset after that loss to Dallas and hit the throttle for the home stretch of the season here. I think they show up in a big way on offense and push Seattle to throw the football. I tell you what, the running backs, as you sort of just hinted at, make me nervous for Seattle on Monday night. Yeah, this is when I was going to ask you about this field, because with it being Monday night, I know that there has been a little bit of injury going on here, too. I was trying to get a look at some of the practice reports. Assuming we get both of these guys this week, how are you approaching both Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet, given the fact that they have been splitting time a little bit more recently? They have been. And maybe last week was because Ken Walker III was coming off of that injury. 
He had eight carries. Yeah. Charbonnet had nine. Now, Kenneth Walker III did have four catches this past week, but prior to that, he had four straight games with Ooh. one catch. So it feels like you basically need from either of these players. Let me rephrase this. From Kenneth Walker III, who's my RB23, you need a touchdown or a long play or both to pay off. And Philly's got the best run defense or one of the best run defenses in the NFL. Moreover, um, for, so then for Kenneth, for uh, Zach Charbonnet, excuse me, it feels like you need six dump offs for him, right? Like, Hey, six catches for 42 yards plus seven carries. But the fact that you have Kenneth Walker, the third now splitting carries with Zach Charbonnet and maybe an extra week of recovery plus an extra day of recovery uh, for Kenneth Walker, the third will lead to more carries. And he is about as prone to a big run as anybody in the NFL. He is just a big play waiting to happen as a runner, but he does make me nervous running back 23. I feel like under most circumstances, he's RB 13. It's almost like a 10 spot discount here on Ken Walker, the third completely understand it. There are, few things I hate more in life than looking at my fantasy lineup and it's a almost perfect 50-50 running back by committee in yeah. a bad negative game script matchup. Yeah. And that's what we have here. It's like, oh, God. Second fewest points per game allowed to opposing running backs by the Eagles. They're not going to get opportunity that they normally would in a positive game script and their efficiency is going to get hurt and they're a coin flip anyway. Like yep. in any given game, it could yeah. be a Charbonnet or it could be Walker. If it's Charbonnet catching those dunk buffs or if it's Walker taking one 40, 50 yards of the house, it's just, oh, I'd rather run into a concrete wall with my shin, right. like that a little terrible. corner of a concrete wall with my shin <laughs> Awful. Yeah. than have to handle trying to figure out which of these two running backs to play. Yeah, it, and and the idea of Kenneth Walker III needing a big run is important, but it's also hard. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia has allowed two players to eclipse 60 rushing yards in a game this yeah, season. Yeah, 60. I'm not talking about yeah, like 105, 60, which is not a monster day on the ground. All right. Well, we're going to go from some of those running back struggles to talk about some wide receivers that I think have also struggled recently, guys. Terry McLaurin recently. Last four games, 7.3 fantasy points, 9.3 fantasy points, 9.0 fantasy points, and then zero fantasy points. Mm. Terry McLaurin might be the best dude in the NFL. Now, he, he has a reputation that goes back to his Ohio State days of being one of the best leaders in all football. And that part has carried over into his NFL career. He is the commander's nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year. A very prestigious award and perhaps the most prestigious individual award. Yep. And he's a very right. deserving nominee at that. The fact that Terry McLaurin has not lost his mind publicly <laughs> this year only makes me think that much higher of Terry McLaurin as a person. Yep. This is a star wide receiver. $24 million per year is what the commanders committed to him. You know why? Because he's worth Super it. Good. Yeah. And yet in a season in which Sam Howell leads the NFL in passing attempts, and his top five in passing yards, Terry McLaurin has zero, zero games with 100 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. If I were him, I would be so apoplectic by now. I would have already been cut or maybe traded by the commander's franchise. Hey, Field, what does apoplectic mean? I, I, like frustrated beyond yeah. belief. Okay. Nailed it. Yeah. I'm going to start using that word more. Apoplectic, it's okay. a great word right. right there. Like a lot it. of syllables in there. Makes yeah. you sound smart. It, yeah, it makes you it sound does. really yeah. smart. I, I borrowed it from Stefania. She <laughs> That's taught me That's several fair. years yeah. ago. But, but bottom line is Terry McCorn's a better man than I am because the fact that his season has been this quiet 
under these circumstances is mind-numbing. Mind-numbing. Well, let's discuss then the possibility of McLaurin having a good game for fantasy managers in this spot because there is a lot to like. It is not quite the apples to apples of Drake London versus the um, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week because the Buccaneers, as they were constituted, did not defend the pass nearly as well as the Rams have all season long. With that Aaron Donald and no-name defense, they've actually been very, very hard to produce points on through the air. But... But we have Matthew Stafford in the Rams offense in an absolute uber smash spot. It is. Like 30 points is what we're looking at for that Rams offense. And the Rams like to play a little a little bit quickly in matchups like this. And if that's the case, if they're scoring early and often with Kyron, Puka, Cooper, Matt Stafford, Sam Howell will do what he's had to do all year. Drop back and throw the football 40, 50 times in a game. And we're in a domed environment. They're a six and a half point underdog, a total of 50. There's only one other game I think that has higher on the board this week. Wow. What would that be? Philly, Seattle? No. Is it Buffalo and Dallas, uh, Dallas maybe? That makes sense. Yeah. I'll, I'll look this up. Pulse can look it up for me, too. But um, this, if there is, it's it's an, it's 87% the spot that Drake London had last week. This okay. is this is the t- opportunity. The only issue is Drake London, he is the alpha target earner, whereas Terry McLaurin has Jahan Dotson to deal with, Curtis Samuel, um, Antonio Gibson, even Logan Thomas. Like, yeah. there's just, even though they throw a lot, it's so spread out in uh, D.C. So, I think McLaurin, I would start as a confident flex slash wide receiver too, especially if the person you're going against is starting Sam Howell. It's okay. a great way to leverage off of your opponent. If they have Sam Howell, put McLaurin in there because Howell, I think, is going to have close to 300 yards and a couple of scores in this game. Wow. Bill's Cowboys That's is a, the other like, team. Bill's Cowboys, right there. We nailed it. Now I'm starting to get excited about Terry McLaurin. I'm not going to lie. He's better than any cornerback the Rams have. I mean, the Rams' young cornerbacks, he's a better football player than them. Now, Raheem Morris' scheme has done well, but I'm not saying it's Drake London. I don't have that type of confidence. Yeah. But it is 87% the spot that Drake London had. It's now or never kind of for Terry. Is it? Doesn't this feel, though, because I love everything you say. I feel the exact same way that Field does. Like, you definitely, like, sparked something inside of me. (laughs) Yeah. Right? But I, I... the part for me that's tough is I don't feel like this is a Terry McLaurin thing. It's like if they oh, would not. just find ways to oh, get him the sure. ball, we wouldn't for be sure. having this conversation. So can we just change the way we're playing offense to make sure that we target him I mean, more coming often? out of a bye week, maybe? Fingers another crossed. Another great point. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah. another thing I forgot to mention, Field. I think the, the commanders can keep this game closer than the spread indicates because the Rams are coming off an overtime, very physical, dr- emotionally draining okay. loss to all Baltimore. Right, all right, all right. I think the commanders can keep this close. That defense is on the field a lot against Lamar Jackson. They're going to be tired. I think... It, again, Terry has an opportunity here that maybe he hasn't seen in a few weeks to really pop off. And just as far as numbers are concerned, he's at regression is absolutely due at some point. It is so due. It is so, I mean, God, they're just, I feel for him. As I said, I just yeah. wish that um, there were more people in this world with as much character and integrity as Terry McLaurin has, because I would be cut by now if I were him and I had lost my mind like I think I would lose my mind based off how little he's been used good son moment put you on the spot here and it's impossible for you to answer if you've ever seen the good son the mom has Macaulay Culkin and I, yeah. um, the other one I, his name escapes me right now uh, Elijah Wood I think and he, she's holding both of them off a cliff and she only has the strength to save one of them her Spoiler biological alert. son or the yeah, exactly Terry McLaurin Mel Kiper Jr. Field you have to- oh wow <laughs> Who do you say? You know what? I work with Mel, so I'm probably going to lean there, right? You know? Yeah, but that is... 
I might be beat red by the end of this show <laughs> with that kind of pressure right there. I do love them both. Uh, Tyler, I don't remember the end of that movie. Which son did she, the mom choose? Was it uh, Elijah She saved Wood? the right one. Was it the she ring let bear? Macaulay go and good. she saved, yeah, she let Macaulay go. Spoiler. It's a good movie. Like Kept early 90s. Bear. That's what we wanted. Uh, speaking Gosh. of wide receivers that have been frustrating this year field, yeah. Terry McLaurin's not the only guy. Let's talk about Hollywood Brown really quickly. Last five games, 6.4, 3.8, 3.2. 14.8 and then a zero point performance also coming off a buy in week 14. What are you doing? If you got Hollywood Brown on your roster, it's a great question. You mentioned it. So three of his past four games, he has zero one or two catches. Does Hollywood Brown? Ugh. It has been an uneven season. And while Kyler has been really solid as a runner, he has a touchdown on the ground in three of his four games. He has not been a particularly efficient passer as yet to surpass 275 passing yards in any of those four starts. Now they play San Francisco, San Francisco, who has allowed the most fantasy points per game to opposing wide, excuse me, the ninth most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. So they're in the top 10 in terms of what you're looking for as a matchup. A lot of that is due to the fact that they're always bludgeoning teams as we talk about all the time here. And so teams just throw the football a ton against San Francisco. Hollywood Brown has more than 50 yards once since week six. Whoa. More than 50 no yards. Bueno, Daddy. So I guess the question is like how much upside is there for a player who is banged up, who is facing against a 49ers defense that even if they're inefficient, I think like if you told me that San Francisco coming off of a massive, massive dub this past mm-hmm. weekend, one, I don't know, 42 to seven on Sunday, would you be surprised? No. Them beating anyone in the league right now, 42 to 7. Yes. Not yeah, totally agree. So it's juggernaut. like, yep. even if they're up big, they might just suffocate this team yeah. the entire time. So I have Hollywood Brown as a result of some of those concerns outside my top. I've got his wide receiver 34 this week. I can't remember where you ranked the other. Oh, I guess it's on the sheet right here. But I'm thinking like, okay, here's versus McLaurin. App, McLaurin, Odell Beckham. Those are two other guys that we discussed on this show that I would start over Similar territory, Marquise yeah. Brown. Similar yeah. territory, but I like the um, you know factors related to those other two wide receivers more because even though they're coming off a bye and Jonathan Gannon says he feels good, he wasn't at practice yesterday. Mm. So we still haven't, we'll see what happens today, but we still haven't seen a practice yet from Marquise Brown. That scares me big time. Sure. And then the chemistry that Dop, Kyler Murray is developing with Trey, Trey McBride. Mc- yes, thank you. Mackey Award winner, Trey McBride. Yeah, That's maybe. also concerning there. So again, I agree with game script and coming off a bye and maybe a, it could be a letdown spot where the Niners are going, oh, it's the, the Cardinals. We already you know ran through the teams we needed to. I can see that stuff happening, but we've discussed two other wide receivers here on the show that I would 100 times out of 100 in week 15 start over Marquise Brown. That's Odell and Terry McLaurin. The thing about San Francisco in a letdown spot is that A, they need to keep winning to keep that number sure. one seed and B, point. They're just way too talented. Like there are teams that are in potential letdown spots around the NFL this week that I think have good talent, but not the same talent that San Francisco has. Like at some point they're just too darn good to fail too darn good to fail. I agree. I mean, I'm Cardinals winning outright would absolutely shock me, but then keeping it within shocking as them beating like the Cowboys. Exactly. That happened. Wait, that happened. happened. Uh, So them keeping it, them covering the spread. How? I can see them covering the spread. I think it's 13 and a half, something like that. Them yep. covering the spread, I can see winning outright. I don't see, but I'm with you. It's 12. It's 12, according to Pulse. So 12. I just mentioned maybe that's some movement. I don't know. I can't remember, but maybe that's some movement on the Cardinals. Mentioned all of those fantasy points for Hollywood Brown just because Tyler mentioned it. And this is where I wanted to go. When you look at Trey McBride over the last four weeks, yes, 21.1, 9.3, 13.0, and 22.9. As a tight end in that Great offense. football player unbelievable and he's getting a ton of targets at least nine targets in three of those four games so he is absolutely being utilized he looks like the guy 
that Kyler he Murray does. is finding yep, within this offense. they got a real connection. Yep. yep. Totally. So, all right. Let's close this one out by pouring one out. We grab a, I wish we had a, a Miller Lite here to be able to pour one out for our friend, yeah. Jonathan Mingo, Field Yates, since week nine. Yeah. Since week nine. Yeah. He is top 20 mm-hmm. in targets amongst wide receivers. That seems good, right? That's more than Cooper Cup, okay. Nico Collins, yep. Tank Dell, yep. Devontae Smith, okay. Deontay Johnson, Calvin Ridley, Chris Olave, oh. Jalen Waddle, no. Jordan Addison, nah. Puka Nakua, Rasheed Rice, Brandon Ayuk, Don't believe it. Hollywood Brown, Zay You're Jones, lying. Cortland Sutton, and Drake London. He has more <laughs> targets than all those guys. But he has only caught 17 of the 42 targets. No, he is wide receiver 45 in receptions over that same How stretch. is that possible? <laughs> How? I mean, if that... There are a lot of ways to encapsulate the Carolina Panthers season. Ugh. That might be the way to most accurately encapsulate just how ridiculous this offense has been. And so ridiculously bad, I mean by that. Wow. And and what's shocking since they've you know fired Frank Reich and brought in Thomas Brown um, to call plays and have Tabor as the uh, interim head coach, like it does not matter if they're up by nothing because they're never up or down by 30. <laughs> They are running the football. They love it. And absurd. It's making Arthur Smith go, this is possible? Yes. I can run the football even more. I, I mean, Hubbard ran 23 times last week. Uh, 23 times. Sanders had like 10 plus carries too as well. I mean, yeah. and they were trail mode the entire game and they were not afraid to turn around and put that ball in the belly of their running back. I don't know if it's preservation for Bryce Young because that honestly, that might be the best theory. Why subject him to more mental and physical uh, torture with a, a clearly outclassed roster that yeah. cannot hang with most in the NFL? Right. Like, who cares? Take the L's and just keep him out of harm's way. Because if, if you just bend him for Andy Dalton, that would be you know potentially harmful sure. psychologically yeah, sure. as well. Yeah, wow. I want to do that. What, what a disaster. And, um, you know, the good news is, of course, they have the first pick in the... Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, shoot. Never mind. Bears. Okay. Wow. Marvin Harrison. Welcome to Chicago. At least they didn't trade a good wide receiver with that pick. No. No. no, DJ Moore. Oh, oh. Oh, shoot. No, they didn't. We are going to have zero Panthers fans still listen to this podcast after this. I'm sorry. No, we are going to have zero fans after the season. Look at David Pepper. We are with them. We are fans of the Panthers fans. We just, they deserve better. They just do. And they've had bad luck. Like, the, the Ikea Conwu, the the uh, tackle that they drafted, yep, yeah, I thought yep. he was going to be great, and it just hasn't hasn't come together for him. Bryce Young, I thought, hey, this guy's at Bama, he's yep. going to be great, and it just they've had some bad luck. I don't think they've had a terrible process. It's not been good, but they've had some bad luck. Yeah, so uh, last note here from Pulse, and sorry, Panthers fans, you don't deserve this, but uh, the catch rate of 47% for Jonathan Mingo, the lowest in the NFL since 2020. Darren Waller also was designated to return from uh, from IR to practice today. We'll talk about that more tomorrow and yeah. certainly on Sunday if he has a real shot to play for the Giants. The Tommy DeVito, Darren Waller connection. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, I am all in on this. Is this story, like, when is this story going to reach Taylor Swift heights? Like, th- this is my question because I feel like we've had a lot of the Tommy DeVito agent story and everything Listen, like that. Listen, yeah, it was, it was plateauing until his agent showed up on the sideline with that outfit. Yeah. That's so and then it continued his, to skyrocket yeah, now, now from it's, there. Now it's got more legs for another week or so, and, yep. you know, they won the game, so. His agent knows a Massachusetts guy. You oh, know, another mass guy, huh? So we've had a good run recently, all right? Yeah. Will Bill Levis, Sean Stilato. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, we, we don't get a lot of uh, notable <laughs> NFL Jack people Eichel, from, uh, yeah, Eichel, but, you know, as I said, a lot of hockey guys, <laughs> right? A lot of hockey guys. We have plenty of those. Is so your boy Hazy? Is he a mask Kevin guy? Kevin Hayes is a mask yeah, guy, of course. No, that's yeah, my blues, it's your boy. So. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, great dude. Hey, yeah. this was a really fun show. Tyler, thank you so much for hanging out with I know, us, man. Tyler, this was great. I joked with him last week. I was like, you're around next Thursday because we might need we you. We can do it. We'll yeah. see. We'll find out. So. Oh, this is really good. I live here now, guys. You know what? Oh, actually, Tyler, I know you're busy next Thursday. Oh, wait. No, never mind. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Hey, tell me how people can follow you in case people want to get either your betting advice or more fantasy stuff. Boom. That's uh, Tyler underscore F-U-L-G-H-U-M on X at Shramwich. I know this is completely weird on Instagram because of my cooking and culinary. Oh, I love that. S-H-R-A-M-W-I-C-H. And then, of course, you can watch ESPN Bet Live on ESPN2 during football season. We have some weird hours, so just make sure you follow John Manzo, our PR guy at ESPN. He always tweets out the schedule. It's my mom's favorite follow because I never text my mom when my show is on. (laughs) She gets it from John Manzo. So you can follow John Manzo on X as well, and he will tweet out the schedule during football season. Essential follow. Love that. Absolutely. Tyler, thank you so much, buddy. Field and I will be back tomorrow with Stefania and Mike Clay for the rest of your week 15 update. But I'm going to have a field and Tyler. My name is Daniel. We love you guys. Be kind to yourself. Be good to each other. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Go Raiders. (laughs) Go Chargers. Go Chargers. Go Chargers. Go. Go. Oh, man. no secret, not a mystery, the one that we depend on for all our podcast needs. Graduate, full sell you, Alliance fan through and through, with the hippest beard I'm telling you. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.